Hallelujah. If you're finished taking the offering, children, you may be dismissed <clears throat> for Sunday school. Hallelujah. We serve a good God. Man, look at, look at somebody and say, I serve a good God. Amen. His goodness cannot be over-exaggerated. His goodness can't be over-exaggerated. You can't over-exaggerate how good God is. I dare you to try. Or as my kids would say, I double dare you. Try to exaggerate how good God is. Just try. You can't over-exaggerate. When I was a kid, we, we learned numbers. <laughs> and we learned how to count. So you count to 1 to 10, and then somebody would well, I can count more than that. I can count to 11, and then I can count to 20. And then you get up to 100, and then somebody introduced the word infinity. <laughs> and it was like, whoa, that's like the biggest number ever. And then somebody would say, no, I know a number bigger than infinity. You do? Infinity plus one. Just try to exaggerate God, and you think you hit infinity, and then he goes, as Buzz Lightyear would say, to infinity and beyond. Yes? Infinity times infinity. Boy, you're at the head of the class. Hallelujah. You can't over-exaggerate how, how good God is. We need to talk about how good he is. We need to talk about how good he is. We need to tell people that there's good news. Amen? There's good news. Well, this week, actually not this week, this whole year, we're talking about territory. And in the last number of weeks, as I've been reading and studying, I've been thinking a lot about the battles that are in the scriptures and the battles of territory. And I found a couple things. I, I, I find a lot of different things and different ingredients in battles. I don't find too many battles that are identical. I mean, there's one battle where he says, go, and you're going to hear the sound of, of, of something going through the mulberry bushes, and when you hear that, start to go in advance. There's another battle where he says, just take a sling and put a stone in it and see what happens. And there's other battles where what he does is he puts a cloud between the people that are being chased and the chasing. And he leads them into a river. And, and then all of a sudden, he kind of pulls the, the cloud away and he says, now we're going to have fun. And then the river goes and it swallows them up. You find battles are different. Every battle that I've seen is different. And there's only a couple ingredients that I've found the same. You know, we like to formulize things. We like to have a formula. We like to have the recipe on how to make something. And I, I, I enjoy recipes, and I think, there's, I think it's a great principle, and, I, and there's truth in there. 
But if you live your life always based on the recipe, God's going to mess with you because there's things that he does that goes beyond the recipe. There are things that he does that the recipe doesn't explain. Just like when you would cook with your grandma and you'd say, can you teach me how to cook? And she'd say, well, let's make this. And all of a sudden she'd just grab something from here and put it in. And, and you're going, well, what about the recipe? No, I just know this. I know it. I can actually see it. I can feel it. I know how much salt to put in. And you go, well, what's a pinch? You know, what's a pinch of salt? Have you ever tried to pinch salt? Every time I pinch salt, nothing happens. So what's a pinch? What's this? Do it to taste. Well, what's taste? But somebody that's done it many times, over and over and over again, all of a sudden, they take the recipe and they say, thank you, great, that helped me the first time, but now I know how to make it even better because I know the recipe. I know the feel of the, of the dough. I know the stiffness that I want it to be. I mean, Winona would sit with her grandma and she would teach her how to make... Um, uh, cabbage rolls, what's the, 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 the poppy seed rolls, which are an all-time favorite in my house. And, and she would sit there, and Grandma would go, oh, no, this isn't quite stiff enough. And Winona's going, huh? Because she's done it so many times. So when I look in the Bible and I study these battles, I'm trying to come up with a recipe. I'm trying to come up with a formula. And there's only two things that I see that are always consistent. The first one is, every time a battle was won, God was involved. Every battle that I see in the Old Testament, when the children of Israel went after something and they inquired of God, the victory was there. There were times when I inquired of God and he said, don't go. You know what? They didn't go and they didn't get defeated. But every time he said to go and to do it, there was victory to be had. That's one ingredient. Always communicating with God. I cannot overstress that. I cannot overstress that. Don't get so smart that you think you're smarter than God. That's dumb. So one ingredient, always communicate with God. The other ingredient I see is the exact opposite. When they didn't talk with God, victory was never had. They got defeated. So if you want to bake a cake in the battle, in the arena of battle, the two elements, two definite elements you must have. Now, every battle is different. If you talk with God, he's going to give you a strategy for one battle, and the next battle, he's going to give you a different strategy. One strategy, he said, go around that city uh, one time every day for a week, and on the seventh day, go around seven times. That does not make sense. Come on, if you're going to take a city, why are you walking around the city? Why don't you attack it? So they talk with God, he tells them how. You know what? They took that city. The next battle they had, they didn't talk with God. And they got so smart. After, <laughs> after one victory, they got so smart. 
Don't think we are not like that. Man, I get one victory and I think I've figured it out. Just come to me. Come to wise Dave and let me help you out. And we forget God. The very next battle they had, they forgot God and they got chased out and they got defeated. Then he goes and he talks with God and God tells him the strategy to take that city. And you know what? They defeated him. Then another group comes to them and without them consulting God, it says even in the scriptures, they did not ask of God. And you know what? They found out that these guys looked like they had journeyed from a long distance. Their bread was stale and everything else and they didn't talk with God. And you know what? They entered into an agreement, into a covenant with somebody that they should not have, that they should have defeated. Why? Because they didn't talk with God. Study the, study the Bible Read those battles. And it's amazing. David, time after time, would say, God, should I go up? And God would say, go up. And God would even tell him which way to go. How to do it. So today, I want to talk about some battle strategies. And you say, well, you just told me two. And they're the only two I need. No, you need more. Those two are in every recipe. But I want to give you a couple other ideas and a couple other thoughts um, that I see. And I've got, I want you to turn in your Bibles. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Second Chronicles. And I had this passage was given to me by my mother-in-law, who's not sitting here right now. But um, Pastor Nelson refers to her as a walking concordance. And uh, she is. And she will send me time and time again. She'll send me little verses or little thoughts that she gets. Um, I don't know if she still does that for you, Dad, but she does that for me now. Every morning. Yes, I have a wife like that. We sit down to have devotions, and I take out my iPad to start reading, and all of a sudden, one goes, can I read something for you? And it's like, I'm trying to read. Well, you don't even get your iPad out. <laughs> and, then, and then Sister Louise has a twin. I don't know if you know that, but um, she's got an identical twin. She's here today. Could you stand up for a second, uh, Auntie Lucille? Does she not look... Oh, come on, stand up. Okay, stand up for three seconds. Does she not look like Pastor Louise? And that is Pastor Nelson's brother, who I refer to as Uncle Pete. Who is Uncle Pete? They actually traveled last week from Lethbridge, and, uh, or early last Sunday, and... Uh, we looked at the weather report, and I, I didn't think the roads were bad, and I was saying, why don't you come over? I think now's a great time to come, and then they get halfway here, and they hit a snowstorm, and uh, I'm glad you made it. We're happy you're here. So not only do I get notes now from Pastor Louise, but I also get them from Auntie Lucille, and it's amazing how often they are so similar. It's amazing when they talk about how identical twins think. Um, I have that in living color because Pastor Louise sent me this passage and me and Winona this passage maybe three weeks ago and then about two weeks ago we get it from Auntie Lucille. Oh, I was just reading this. You should check this out. This was neat. And uh, apparently she sent it through to Pastor Louise and they had a chuckle because Pastor Louise had just sent, finished sending that through to us. 
So I took a little bit of time to study this and just to read through this passage again. And I'd like you to turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And we're going to read about four or five verses. I might read a bit more. But I want to just set this up for you. And I want you to see some elements that are involved when you face a battle. And if you go to uh, verse 1, it talks about how all these people were coming to battle against Jehoshaphat. And they came and they told Jehoshaphat that a great multitude has come against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, they which are Hazarun Tamar, which is En Gedi. And in verse 3, And Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Ju Judah. And we're going to take a few minutes just to go through this slowly. A couple weeks ago, Pastor Daniel preached. I, I had the opportunity of listening to that sermon. I pulled it up off of our cool little app. And I went to the podcast and I pulled off his sermon. By the way, do you have the graphic of the golf? I, I just want to take a moment. Okay. I didn't see the visual. But if I understand it right, he kind of said, when I shoot, I just go straight down there. He says, but when Pastor David shoots, he goes, I I, I'm like military, I take it left and right. I go left, I go right, I go left, I go right. And somehow I still beat him. <laughs> Thanks, Cora. I did listen to that sermon, it was great. He talked about fear. And he talked about faith. And he talked about how they're, they're opposing. I don't think you can eliminate fear from your life, but you can eliminate the effect of fear. Things will happen to you that will cause you in a moment to go, uh oh to catch your breath, maybe to look, maybe to go, what's going on? And in that moment you have the opportunity to either embrace that fear or you have the opportunity to turn that fear and, and introduce it to your faith. And Pastor Daniel was sharing how that we have a, a good fight of faith. And he talked about fear and he talked about faith. And as I was reading this passage, the first thing I noticed here, and I'm just going to give you a few things as we go through this. The first thing I noticed, it, it says Jehoshaphat feared. That wasn't a weakness that he had, but I want you to see what he did based on the fear that he saw. It said he feared, but immediately it says, and set himself to seek the Lord. When you have fear, when something comes up to you that catches you by surprise, that makes you to pause, that goes, that wasn't the way I was expecting. Somebody comes and gives you bad news. And it's like, you have a, at that moment, you might have a moment of fear. There's, it's an emotion. But what you do with it at that moment determines whether it's going to control you or whether you are going to control it. And what I see here is Jehoshaphat feared. And the moment that he feared, it says, and then he set himself to seek the Lord. Now, as I was looking at this in, my, in uh, one of my studies, 
I have the Logos software, and it gives me the Hebrew. And in Hebrew, it actually reads a little differently. It doesn't read, and Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout the land of Judah. That is a t- translation, and what that is, is that's how they set the Hebrew into understandable English. But in the Hebrew, when you read it in the Hebrew, it says this, feared or fear set Jehoshaphat himself to seek the Lord. In other words, the moment of fear caused him to seek the Lord. It wasn't that he feared and he stayed there, but the moment he recognized something and he had the nation of Israel or Judah behind him, the moment he realized that there was some trouble on side and they gave him this report and there was a fear that came, what am I going to do? He set himself, and it caused him to to set himself. In fact, when you look at those words, it actually means he turned. When you set yourself, he set himself, so he faced fear. What he did was he didn't stay there looking at the fear. I'm not sure if you're getting this, because this is a picture that we often fall into, and I am guilty of this as well. I'm not preaching to you like I've overcome. I am an overcomer, and there are some things I've overcome, and there are some things that catch me by surprise. But the longer you look at something, the bigger it gets. The longer you stay looking at the armies and those that are coming against you, the bigger they get, and the scarier they get, and the smaller you get. And Jehoshaphat, the moment he, sa- he fears this and he realizes, what did he do? He, it actually says when he set himself, it means he actually turned from what he was looking at and he started to look to God. Now, that's powerful. That's powerful. The moment he realized what he was up against and he realized this and it's like, whoa, I'm not going to stay there. I'm going to turn and I'm going to look to God. Now, that falls in the, into the ingredients of seeking God, talking to God. So you need to, if you want to write down a note, I want to give you some battle strategies. The, the first two that you see is that, that you always communicate with God. Communicating with God equals success. Not communicating equals failure. But here's another one for you. Turn from your fear. Turn from your fear. You say, well, it overwhelms me. Yeah, it may overwhelm you, but you can turn from it. You do not have to stand there staying and staring and looking at it and dissecting it and trying to figure it all out. The moment that fear comes, that moment that situation comes in front of you, you have a decision to make and you can turn from that and you can set yourself. You can actually... Go, and this is a discipline you develop. This is not something that comes naturally. This is a discipline you develop. I'm not going to look at that. I'm trusting God. The situation that, that we find ourselves in, Pastor Daniel, Pastor Brenda, and Shawneen and her family, and Winona and myself, and those that are around us that love us and care for us, which involves just about all of you, just about 
well, maybe there's a child here that doesn't know me yet. I am determined not to stand there staring at cancer. I'm not afraid to say the C word. I'm not afraid to say cancer because it's defeated. But I am not going to stay there staring at it, looking at it, dwelling on it, and Googling it, literally Googling it. I'm not going to do that. I received the report. It had caused me to fear. I'll be honest with you. It's a little freaky. It wasn't a freaky Friday. It was a freaky Tuesday. But I got that, and I'm determined to set myself to Him. And there are moments when you have something come up to you that catches you just like that, and at that moment, you discipline and you act in discipline and say, I know this, I'm not denying that. I am not denying that. There's proof. But I also am not going to deny my father. And he's bigger. He's infinity plus one. Or as Amanda said, infinity times infinity. Times infinity. He's bigger than anything the enemy can throw at me. So in this battle scene, in this area, Jehoshaphat, oh my Lord help me. You could almost start speaking in tongues if you say this name really fast. If you pray for somebody, just say Jehoshaphat really fast. I'm just having fun. Actually, you know what I do? I, I, sometimes I hear, people, I hear people talking in other languages around me, and then I start speaking in tongues to hear if my language is the same as theirs. Huh? Have some fun. You know, we have a lot of nationalities around us, and I hear them talking in Spanish. I'm not, I know my language is not Spanish. I, I, otherwise, I'd do a whole lot better. But, but I hear the East Indians, I hear Germans, Romanians, Ukrainian. Um, I know it's not Dutch, but I stand there and I go, and, and then I okay, no, I'm not quite their language. <laughs> Anyways, turn from your fear, first thing you do. A battle strategy. When fear comes to you, don't stay there looking at it. Do not entertain fear. Don't entertain it. Don't set up a table and say, let's have lunch. Explain yourself to me. Can you tell me all about your bad things that you're going to try to do to me? Can you tell me how miserable my life's going to be? Can you tell me what sorry position I'm in? Can you tell? Don't entertain it. Discipline yourself to set yourself to seek the Lord. So the first thing is you turn from your fear. The next thing I see in there is that he set himself. That is not something I can give you. That is something you develop yourself. That's something that goes from one ear to the other and it stays in here and it develops a solitude. Just like Pastor Louise mentioned this morning as turning his face as flint, which is from Isaiah 50, verse 7, talking about how Jesus... Even though he was spit upon and ridiculed and they pulled from his beard, he set his face at flint, at like flint. 
There's a passage in Daniel where it says, talking about Daniel and, and the three little Hebrew boys. And we always refer to them as little Hebrew boys because we grew up in Sunday school. But, you know, they're, they're like college-age kids. Um, but how they purposed in his heart. I think it's Daniel 1.9, I think that is. You have to purpose in your heart. You have to develop it inside of you that when I'm faced with this, I will not entertain this. I'm not going to set, I'm not going to give it a commercial break. I'm going to say, no, I recognize you. I see you. Yeah, I don't like it. I'm setting myself. That's not denial. That's a battle stance. And then I see that he said, that he seeked the Lord. Always, always, always seek the Lord. Whatever you're faced with, never, ever stop seeking the Lord. If you lose a job, turn yourself from that fear, set yourself and seek the Lord. If you're given a whop of bad news and a whole load of bad news, turn yourself from it. Say, thank you very much. I'm going to close the door. God, I need you. I'm going to seek your face. That's how you have a battle strategy. That's how you face the enemy. Because you are going after territory. And the moment you decide to go into territory that somebody else is living in, that they shouldn't be in, that's not their territory, but I'm taking back the territory that God has. God has a territory of health for every believer. And I'm going in that, but we have somehow bought a lie that we should just accept those things. Not in my reality. In my reality, it says he paid the price and I should expect to live in health all the days of my life. But the moment you step in there and you try to evict somebody who's squatting in your land... He doesn't have rights. He's squatting, but he kicks up a pretty good fight. The moment you go in there, he's going to throw things at you. That's when you have that discipline inside of you that says, no, I'm seeking God, and I'm going to turn from that, and I'm going to go, God, help me. And what does Jehoshaphat do? He says he seeks the Lord, and then he actually proclaims a fast, which I found in intriguing and something I'm going to look into a little bit more to be honest with you there are some breakthroughs that we want to see that I believe come through fasting and prayer and I don't I, I can't tell you that I have the complete picture of it but I understand that there's power in fasting and not just doing it for the sake but having a purpose behind what you're doing so you may hear some more in the weeks to come or in the months to come about a fast. One of the things I'm determined to do is I'm determined to fast every Wednesday. The reason why is we got prayer day, so I might as well double up my prayer and fast at the same time. And fasting goes slow. It's like I fasted this week for three days, and yesterday I broke my fast at 6.03 in the evening. And I told my kids, we're not having dinner till 6 o'clock. And I put the hot dogs on, and at 6.03, we're dishing them up. And Justin goes, why did you wait till 6 o'clock? I said, well, I'm fasting till 6 o'clock. And he looks at the microwave, and it's at 6.03. I made it. But I tell you, from like 12 o'clock to 6 o'clock yesterday, oh, that was tough. Well, I did it for a purpose. So 
So we may explore that some more. So in another month or two or six weeks or a couple weeks, if I say, hey, I want to have a fast, I want to encourage you that, that it's not news to you, but that it's been actually submitted to you. So there's a power, there's a reason for a fast. So he seeks God, and then he, he, he prepares to fast. Then I want you to see how he prays to God. This was fun when I read this passage, how he prays to God. Um, second, I just got to find my bearing because I wasn't reading it from this one. Um, so he stands in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem. By the way, he didn't do this alone. Don't face your battle alone. Territory is a joint effort. If you study how the children of Israel took their territory, they, they actually left um, the two and a half tribes that were on one side of the river or the, the, the lake, they, they left their children and their kids there and their wives and their uh, goods, and those that were able to battle went to battle with the rest of them. And they did it together. Why? Because one puts a thousand to flight, but two can put how many to flight? Ten thousand. With God, it's not just multiplication, it's exponential. So, the battles that we're facing here today, the battles that you are facing, don't face it alone. Grab at least one person, grab a few people. You don't have to get entirely specific, but you can just say, I'm going for some territory, can you agree with me and pray for me that I'm going to have strength, that, I, that I'm going to be able to do this. Territory is a joint effort. And Jehoshaphat here, he gets the children of Israel together, children of Judah together, and he brings them together. And, and if you look at this passage, and I found this amazing, we're going to look at his prayer, but think about the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 5, or Matthew 6. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is, uh, I forget the rest. I don't have it. Oh boy, I wish I had it. But if you look at the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, and then you see how Jehosh Jehoshaphat prayed, there's a lot of similarities. When you come to God, exalt His name. Let Him know how good He is. When my children want something from me, they don't come to me and say, Dad, you, oh, Dad, you're so stingy. Dad, you're, no, they say, Dad. I mean, they still do it. They just look at me and smile and say, Dad, we had such a rough day. You're so good. Don't you want your kids to be better? They, they do it. They're in their 20s, and they're still trying to work their dad. Now, it's not manipulation. God, God is, you can't manipulate God. Okay, he's too smart for that. But he loves to hear you praise him. Okay? Because he's greatly to be praised. He says, if you don't praise me, the rocks and the stones will cry out. So let's just look at this. I mean, it's, oh boy. Lord, help me. I've got to learn how to be quick. So verse 6. O Lord God of our fathers... Are you not God in heaven, and do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Doesn't that sound like he's building him up? Heavenly Father, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and you gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever? Remind God of the destiny that he has for you. Remind him of the purpose that he did this. God, you did this not for me. Remember, territory is not just for you. Territory is for a legacy, for a heritage. If you just get territory for yourself, that's just like buying an RV pad. But territory goes beyond that. Territory goes beyond just me. Territory is for my children, my children's children, to all of my descendants. If you read Genesis 14 and he says, lift up your eyes and it's going to extend forever. Don't have a limited view of God, but his, his promises and His purposes are for you and your children's children and your children's children's children. It goes on and on. And that's what He's saying here. God, you said this and you gave us this land and you drove it out because of your friend, Abraham. It says in Hebrews, come boldly to the throne of grace in time of need. I, I'm trying to figure that out. Because I don't think we can put demands on God, but sometimes I think we can come to God and say, God, you said. 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 Are you not our God who drove out these inhabitants? And then he goes on in verse 8, And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, If disaster comes upon us, sore justice and all these other things, and you will hear and save. And now here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. And it's interesting because they were the ones that they were told not to fight against when they came out of Egypt. So you told us, Israel, not to invade them. You would not let Israel invade them in verse 10 when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. So he says, we weren't even allowed to destroy them when you took us out of Egypt, and now they're coming. I was being nice to them, and look at what they're doing to me. That's what he's saying. We were nice to them. We didn't destroy them like we did everybody else. And now they've turned tables and are coming after me. Have you ever felt like you were nice to somebody or something and it comes and it bites you in the behind? And here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession which you have given us to inherit. What has God given you to inherit? These are some battle strategies. This is how he's seeking God. So what's one of the battle strategies? is you, you don't let fear, you don't entertain it. You turn from fear. You set yourself on him and you seek God. And this is him seeking God. Oh, our God, will you not judge them for you? We have no power, we have no power against this great multitude. You might think you have no power against it. That's okay. He wasn't being defeatist. He was trying to say, God, I can't do this. this. This is like huge. This is like a mountain. This is like large, God. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than me. 
For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Whenever you see the word but, check which side of the but you're on. I'm on the side, my eyes are upon you. This might be the situation. This might be what's in front of me. But I've set myself, I have disciplined myself to turn from that. I'm seeking you, and you said this, God, and my eyes are on you. Even though that's big, even though that's ugly, even though that's difficult, my eyes are on you. This is a battle strategy. And then he goes, and now all Judah with their little ones, their wives, and their children stood before the Lord. That's where I told you earlier. It's not just a single effort. Everybody's involved. Pastor Winona and myself, and I know Shawneen, and Pastor Daniel, Pastor Brenda, we are so thankful for everyone that's standing with us. And I see Dina. So good to see you. We're standing with you. You are a victor, you are a warrior. You are a hero. So good to see you. And I'm expecting great things. Then I find it interesting. You got a few more minutes? I, I got like three other passages to go to, but I'll just stay with this one if it's okay with you. I'm trying to negotiate. I'd like to go for another hour, but can you give me 10 minutes? Verse 14. 14, 14. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel. And listen to this. I found this interesting. The son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. There may be, there may be some prophetic words that come out of you to encourage someone else. He was not a prophet. But they knew who he was. I found that interesting. They actually knew his descendants. They knew his family tree. But what he spoke was he spoke the word of God. God comes, God comes upon us. And we practice that here. And what we say is we want to bring it to the eldership. So we don't just go to somebody and freak them out and blow them out of the water. If God gives you a word, you bring it to the pastor. But we know those that labor among us. And I found this interesting that he got a word, but it was from the midst. God might give you a word. What you can do, if it's a word, I'll be honest with you, if it's a word for my wife and I, give it to Pastor Nelson and let him discern whether it should go to me and, and Winona. If it's a word for Shawnee, give it to Pastor Nelson because I'm just too close to it. And Pastor Daniel and Pastor Brenda are just too close to it. Give it to Pastor Nelson. He'll discern and he can submit it to us or he'll just say thank you. But you know those who labor among you. You know those. And they knew him. They knew who he was. And actually, sons of Asaph, if you look in the Psalms, there are Psalms written by Asaph. So the sons of Asaph were worshipers. They were those that understood worship. They were those that had a relationship and intimacy with God. They weren't on the outskirts. They were part of worship. They were part of and taking the, the honor and the presence of God. And they were ones that welcomed his presence and brought it into the people. 
But God will sometimes give you a word. I want to just skip down a few verses. Verse 15, near the end of the verse, this is the word he says. And at the end of it, he says, Thus says the Lord to you, King Jehoshaphat, Do not be afraid nor despaid because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. I love seeing that word, but God. The battle that you are facing, just like Winona said earlier, the battle that you are facing is actually not against you, it's against Him. Somebody comes against me, they're coming against him because I'm his kid. So you, you pick a fight with David, let me introduce you to my dad. He's God Almighty, literally. And here the, the word is, the battle that you're facing is not yours, but God's. This morning... If you read on, it's amazing what happens. And I'll let you read on the rest of the passage. And I want to encourage you, read the rest of that passage. Because you want to get tickled, you read. You see how God performs victories for his kids. It's amazing. He does ridiculous stuff that nobody can explain. And this is not the only time. There is instance after instance after instance where God does something miraculous because He is defending His kids. Look at Gideon. What God does with 320 men or whatever that number is. A handful. They could actually be seated in this building. And they went out and defeated thousands. Look at Elijah. Or Elisha and his servant, they send somebody down to get him. And his servant freaks out and he says, look at him. And he says, God, open his eyes. I just love this. Open his eyes. And what does he see? He sees army. He sees chariots, horses, and armed forces around there in the spirit realm, in the angelic realm to defend them. The battle that you are facing is not yours, but God's. It's almost, I, I find it, I, I, I've been looking at territory and it's almost like there's a paradox in territory. On one hand, it says, fight the good fight of faith. On the other hand, it says, the battle is the Lord's. I say yes and amen, and I say yes and amen. Don't try to figure it out. On one hand, it says, Stand and see the salvation of the Lord. On the other hand, it says, take up your sling and deal a bow, a blow to the enemy. Yes, amen. Yes, amen. We sometimes try to figure out because we're so limited in our thinking. We got one track mind and God's like, no, 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 I'm multidimensional. This, what I'm giving you today, is no way is it a complete, concise, exhaustive way on how to do a battle. But I know when I see it in the scriptures, and you apply the scriptures, you will see God come out. And what I've seen when I've studied battles is every time you seek God, 
He will give you the answer. And when he says go, you go. And the victory happens. It's, it's just, it just happens. And when he says no, then you don't go. I don't know what you're up against. I know a number of people are up against some pretty horrific things. According to man. According to God, they're already defeated. Jesus defeated them at the cross. It's not an ongoing battle for Jesus. He has defeated them. He has crushed them. He has put them under his feet. He stomped on them. He says he made a show of them openly. So today, as your pastor, I want to encourage you. Don't stand looking at the fear. Don't stand looking at that mountain. But turn and set yourself on him. By the way, if you decide to fast, you can thank me. If you do it one day a week, you'll save 17% on your food budget. If you do it one, one meal a week, you'll roughly save 5%. Or not quite 5%, but you're close to 5%. So if you're looking at be budget conscious, fasting does help. But I'm just, I'm just throwing that out. That was, that was one of those Davidisms that I got while I was studying. God is for you. And when you are standing there and something comes across you, and it causes you to stand back and take pause. Don't entertain it. Don't stay there. Don't keep looking at it. Don't let that be what determines your tomorrow. But look, look at that and say, nice to meet you. I've got somebody I'm going to talk to. God, you said. And that's a discipline you develop. Hallelujah. We're going to take a few minutes of prayer. If anybody needs prayer, anything. If you've got a cold and you're sick and tired of the cold, we'll pray for it. I've seen great success with colds. I'm working on the success with cancer. <laughs> but I've seen great success with colds. I'll be honest with you. I, I had yesterday, I felt something coming on me. And I literally, in, in one moment, I just said, you're not going to, no. And it left. And I'm thinking, why can it leave like that? And, and can, I'm, I'm figuring that out still. But if you've got anything that you'd like prayer for, I want you to come forward and we're going to pray for you. And I'm going to ask uh, Brother Howard and Kathy if you could help and assist Pastor Nelson and Louise. Louise, I want you to stand with Pastor Nelson when he's praying. Um, Adrian, and Adrian and Charlene, are you able to, to pray? Why don't you guys come up? What? Oh, Adrian. Okay, so if you could come forward. If anybody needs prayer, come forward now and we got people here that are going to pray with you and pray for you the rest of you are excused um, if you'd like to go that's fine if you'd like some prayer come on up amen if you're facing something that you say this is big and large let's pray for it hallelujah god bless you have a great week and remember don't entertain your fears hallelujah